Hello. Okay, we need new people for the sound booth. So if you can take out your brochure and uh, uh, anyone, anyone really. No, um, uh, first thing I want to do is, is there anybody who needs one of these handouts? You don't have it with you or you didn't get one this morning, you don't have it with you. If you'll keep your hand up until the ushers get with to you, I want to make sure everybody has one. I was sitting up here during the offertory, which is a beautiful offertory, and I was listening to how beautiful it was, and I was watching everybody like they're preparing for a test out here. Okay, uh, what is it that I have to do? Um, and, and we'll go over this this evening, but I want to make sure everybody uh, has one that would like one. There should be plenty. One right behind you, Brother Chuck, whenever you get a chance. Are we out of them? Brother Willie? Lead, lead the teams. Give Miss Allison one, and then come over here, brother, brother Willie. We're down to the last ones. Brother Johnny here. Take care of them right over there, brother Willie. All right, keep your hand up. Who else needs one? We good? Why y'all keep pointing over there? Who's over there? Diamani needs one? Oh, like who are y'all pointing at? Okay, bring one up here. He's got to say something in a minute, so it's probably good if he, like, actually has one of these, so... All right, everybody got one that would like one or needs one, okay? I am going to bring a message in just a few moments, and it will be as brief as it needs to be. Um, just a reminder about serving in ministry. Uh, but uh, I do want to go through this and highlight some of our ministries and then the opportunity for you to uh, get involved. And, and, and many of you, I'm sure, have already thought about it and prayed about it and and there'll be other, this isn't, and I'll explain how to do that ministry survey at the end and, and what we're going to do with that. And if you don't turn in tonight, what that means, it doesn't mean, just, there's other opportunities. But uh, this is so uh, we can begin to start organizing to get some of these things uh, up and running like we want to get it up and running. I'll not go through every verse of scripture, but the first two pages um, are scriptural specifications for service. And what I will say is in order for us to serve God as we need to serve Him, as we should serve Him, we have got to have a walk with Him. Um, you cannot do a spiritual thing in a carnal way. It's not going to work. Uh, if we want the Spirit of God to touch hearts, if we want the Spirit of God to make a difference, we cannot do that in the flesh. Eventually, uh, that's going to catch up with us. And so uh, we want to have a personal walk with the Lord. And I'll just say this at the beginning, and it applies for all of our ministries. I do not want people serving in our ministries who do not have a walk with the Lord. I want, I want, I want people who are spending time with God. I want people, you know, we're, we're never going to have arrived. Um, there's not going to be a Bible quiz, uh, knowledge of entry into 
all these ministries, but there ought to be a desire and a desire to walk with the Lord. And so uh, that is something that is important. Um, on our uh, somebody who's going to serve in a ministry, you need to be dedicated to being in church. Be where, you're, be where you need to be. And it's that way you can know you're going to be faithful to that area of ministry. Because if you serve in ministry, people are going to count on you being there. And so I think that is to uh, be expected. And there are, still, there are some things that the Bible talks about that Christians should avoid. Christians should stay away from. I'll use an illustration. If you're, gonna, if you're going to uh, serve in one of our children's ministries, then those kids need to be able to look up to you as an example. Uh, they need to be able to, you know, it's like, you know, I, this doesn't happen, but if it's Saturday night, I'm watching cops on TV. I don't need to see Sunday school teachers. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Um, is that still on TV? Miss Ruth, I saw you last night, so don't be laughing. Um, you know, um, you know we, we, we need to have a distinct walk with the Lord. And you expect it of your pastor, don't you? That is, you ought to expect it of your pastor. And that is, that, is, that is not an unreasonable expectation. It's a scriptural expectation. And so as we serve, uh, it is something. So I'll let you review all of that. There's many more scriptures I could have put there, um, but that is something that certainly we want to take uh, advantage of. Um, just as, as a side note so that everybody understands in our, in our, in our ministries, especially, uh, we, do, we do background checks on ministry. We, uh, we, ha- we do have security uh, around that is not listed because we're not taking volunteers for security ministry. Um, we hand select that, and you can probably imagine why. And uh, so, uh, but we do go through uh, all the different things that are necessary. And so, um, but I want to give you, so I want to walk through these, and I won't spend a lot of time on a lot of them. And I am going to, I've asked some of our staff and some of our, our members who've been serving in different ministries for some time uh, to uh, come up and tell you just a little bit about that ministry and what the, it means to them to work in that ministry. So I'll call on them as, as it comes through. Uh, but I do want to uh, begin with the Bind the Brokenhearted Ministry. This is a new ministry. This is something that we've talked about. This is something that has been in my heart for some time. Um, people, there, we live in a day of hurting people. And we say that Jesus cares, and he does. And I believe we live in a day of great opportunity to reach out to hurting people. And so this ministry, it's, it's just another outreach of what our church is about. And if somebody has a broken heart and they come to church, they're going to get helped. Uh, they're 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 gonna they're gonna they, they they come to know you. They have people praying for them. The word of God, the spirit of God is gonna help them. Um, but the, the, my vision on this is to have a ministry that focuses on helping those who are hurting. Now we know we've talked much about the Amanda Ranch, and I and I want you to pray about that and continue. Um, I appreciate those that have stepped forward. Said, Pastor, here's some money to, to that you can borrow so that we can get this done. We're not there yet, and so if you've been praying about that, if the Lord impresses upon you to help in a way, do it. Uh, generous gifts, even a gift this morning. I so appreciate that. I believe the Lord is going to use that. But here locally, um, I have a book on grief that if I just go through some finishing touches, it'll be ready to go. I'm designing a curriculum uh, that taught, that speaks about the fact that Jesus is the man of sorrows. We cannot accurately deal with our grief and our sorrow without understanding that God is our creator. Because he created us with the emotions. Jesus, is he the pattern in everything? Absolutely. He's the pattern in everything. Jesus wept. He wept, but there's a reason why he did. 
Uh, Jesus was in control of his emotions. Jesus dealt with his emotions. Jesus showed his emotions. And so uh, the vision for this is to have an outreach. And just let me give you a little little synopsis of it. Um, We have a Friday night meeting once a quarter where you come through and and you you see people who are hurting. We find people uh, who are going through heartache, divorce, loss, and say, come to this meeting. And pastor's going to teach from his experience on how to get over your sorrow. And we want to reach out to people in our community. People, you, I have people contact me all the time. Pastor, do you have a copy of this book? Pastor, do you have this? Can you help this person? Because everybody we run into has got problems, uh, has heartaches. And so this is designed. And guess what that first lesson is going to be? Let me talk to you about Jesus, man of sorrows. And I believe as we, as we lay this all out, uh, it's going to be more of an emphasis there. But uh, that's just something that's new that I want to go ahead and put out. We'll have some more on that uh, in, the, in the near future. I want us to get to the place where uh, we don't lock ourselves into a certain time of the day, a certain day of the week to try and reach people. And we are serving in ministry, looking for people that we can help. You know, Jesus always looked for people he could help. He was always on the go. He was always looking. And that's, that's something that you and I should always uh, be helping too. Brother Triplett, come on, make your way up here. The next is the bus ministry. And, of course, this is pretty self-explanatory. This has been a staple of our church for many, many, many years. And our bus is on Sunday going up picking up children. So and that's Brother Triplett who's been in the bus ministry for about 150 years to uh, just give a little uh, commercial, if you will, about the bus ministry and just mention, give a brief, brief testimony about what the bus ministry means to him. Brother Rob. Well, let me correct that. 33 years, amen. <laughs> but there's a few in the audience that have uh, matched that number. Brother Bland's been in more than I have. Uh, Brother Benny and many others here in the auditorium have served in the ministry many, many years. And I, and I, ha- I count it a privilege to serve with them. I joined when I was only 28. That seems like a lifetime ago. And every Saturday morning, I go out and get to visit bus kids and their moms and dads, and every Sunday bring them in. And I have had the privilege to lead to screaming on the bus. Amen? Oh, did I say screaming? I meant singing on the bus. Uh, we ought to break out in the course of uh, the B-I-B-L-E or have a contest be- with the boys and girls who can sing the loudest. Amen. But uh, I have learned many, many things in the bus ministry. I've learned how to be a soul winner. Wow. The, the, the hundreds and thousands of souls that have been won through the bus ministry alone is amazing. And I, and I count it a privilege to be part of that. I've learned how to be a blessing to others. It, it breaks your heart sometimes when you go to a home, there's been a death in a family, and, th- and they, they don't know where to turn to. You can be there. You can pray with them. I've been to several funerals. I've been to a birthday party even in the bus ministry. Uh, these kids, they have needs. They have needs uh, uh, to feel loved. Uh, I bought them tennis shoes, I bought them meals, I've, I've sacrificed my uh, Serengeti drivers, I remember, because the bus kids, they said, where's the candy, where's the candy? Well, it's on the front seat of the car, and they ran in there and got the candy and destroyed my glasses and <laughs> suffered for Jesus. Um, I've learned how to have fun 
because the bus ministry is, is, uh, is many things, um, but uh, it, it is fun. Okay, so uh, we make it fun with the songs, with the contests, with uh, uh, just our uh, everyday interactions with them. Um, we, we had a squirt gun fight, I remember, well, on many occasions. But on, one, on this particular occasion, I was the driver of the bus. And uh, <laughs> remember Brother Driscoll years ago, and, and Brother Tedder, and Brother Bland was on the bus, and they, they protected me from all the squirt guns. And I uh, got it at the end, though, because uh, they took the cooler, which all the ice had melted into water, and they just dumped it on my back while sitting there, still in the driver's seat. Oh, my goodness gracious. We had fun. I can show you how to eat a Twizzler without using my hands, holding the Twizzler in my mouth, and I can start eating it from the opposite end. I'll try how to do that one day. <laughs> We, 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 we know how many, we roughly know how many marshmallows it takes for a person to hold in their mouth before they puke. <laughs> so these are, these are the joys that we, 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 we've learned. There's great reward in the bus ministry. I, I can think of a young man who's not a young man anymore. When I ran the, the Mayport route years ago, D. Pierce, many of you know him. He serves in ministry today because of our bus ministry. If you want to learn how to become a soul winner, care for people, learn to have, have fun, and have great reward, bus ministry is for you. Thank you so much, Brother Rob, and certainly we appreciate the bus ministry, and there's a great need for more workers. And I would encourage you to consider the bus ministry. Uh, they meet every Saturday morning, and they go out and they visit their riders, look for new riders. I think it is God's plan for mom and dad to bring their kids to church. Well, if you have children, you make sure they're in church on Sunday. But not every child has got a mom and dad who will bring them to church. And if they will come, I, I want to do everything we can do to get them here. And so uh, you can go out and visit on, on Saturday, and uh, you can ride the bus on Sunday. You can do both. You can do one or the other. We need workers in the bus ministry. We're going to double. One thing we're going to do this year is we're going to double the bus ministry. We're working back towards to, uh, to growing that, and so we're going to need more help. We're going to need more workers. And uh, if you don't want to stuff your mouth with marshmallows, you don't have to. Um, that's not a prerequis prerequisite uh, for a minute. There's like, okay, spiritual applications, Rob, spiritual applications. But uh, uh, bus ministry might be for you. Our choir. Our choir is a blessing each and every Sunday. And a lot of work goes into the choir. Many of you have been in the choir for many, many years. Uh, we, are, um, uh, re we are tweaking a lot of things and refocusing a lot of our ministries. And uh, one thing with the choir we're doing is... I'm sure to Brother Montgomery, I said, I want us to, uh, I, I want to grow the choir. I want the choir to increase in, in the songs that they're singing. And my vision for the choir is for, uh, we were already talking, there's going to be times of the year where we want to have, uh, take one of these parks in our, in our, in our city and one of these, and have a choir concert. And of course, our, our conference, all the pastors rave about the choir. They want to hear the choir more than they want to hear the preaching. And as we redo all of our special groups, if you will, those are all going to come from the organization inside the choir. And so there's a great emphasis in the choir. And so if you're serving in the choir, 
I want you to stay in the choir, stay faithful. If you'd like to be in the choir, you say, well, I'm not very good at singing. That's half our choir. And so uh, it might be something that uh, you want to serve. The Christian Ladies Fellowship, uh, there's the quarterly meetings that are held in the evening, and then there's, there's weekly meetings every Tuesday, which will start uh, not this coming Tuesday. They'll restart the following Tuesday as we get back into the schedule of the new year. And ladies, I want to encourage you uh, to be a part of the Christian Ladies Fellowship in whatever capacity you can. That's to say, well, how do I be a part of that? Be a lady that, that attends our church and you're automatically a part of it. You don't even have to check a box tonight, you're in. And I want you to be a part of that as much as you can. You need encouragement. This is not just for the ladies, everybody. You need fellowship. I get concerned when a church member, all of a sudden, they just slip in and they slip out. Because if you're not fellowshipping with God's people, who are you fellowshipping with? God created us to fellowship. And so you need that fellowship. You need that encouragement. So uh, ladies, determined to be a part of that as those opportunities come so that people, so others can be a blessing to you and so that you can be a blessing to others. Uh, the Helping Hands Deaf Ministry. Brother Jackson, won't you make your way up here? And I've asked Brother Jackson, of course, we have a uh, deaf ministry, and uh, I've asked him to take a couple minutes and just kind of give his vision of what his goal is and what our vision is for the deaf ministry, and uh, then he can tell you how you can uh, help with the, with the deaf ministry. Brother Jackson. Well, the good thing is there's only one requirement to be a part of the deaf ministry, and that's you got to be able to put up with Brother Barksdale. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but uh, we do have a deaf ministry here at Emmanuel Baptist Church, and I'm thankful for that. There is opportunities for you to be involved. Now, the goal for our deaf ministry is to reach the deaf community here in Jacksonville and the surrounding areas. And if you're not aware, there is an estimated about 5,000 deaf people in our area and the surrounding areas. Now, that's a, that's a pretty decent number. Who's reaching them? Well, I believe that it's our responsibility to reach them. So, uh, as most of you know, we have started the Helping Hands Deaf Sunday School class, and that's what we're going to use to try to make contact and to get into the deaf community and to bring them to church and get them involved just as you would the hearing community. Now, with bringing families in, we anticipate that eventually we're going to have deaf children. With deaf children comes a deaf Sunday School class, and with deaf children comes the same opportunity and the need to give them a Christian education which gets involved with the academy, and that also means we want to provide them with uh, a, an opportunity to go to Bible college. Um, we want deaf people to be able to be trained in the ministry and reach other deaf people. So there's a lot of goals and a lot of visions that come with that. And one thing that's very personal to me because I was in this position was a hearing person who wants to be involved in the deaf ministry. Where do you go to get training? Uh, how do you get experience in that? There needs to be a fundamental Bible college that is teaching that. And so one of our goals is to build a major inside of North Florida Baptist College that will take a hearing person and will train them in everything they need to know. Now, of course, there's a lot of work that goes into that. But all that being said, how can you be involved? The deaf people don't have rabies. It's okay to go and say hi. It's okay to be friendly and nice to them. If you see a deaf person out in the community, don't just say, oh, that's cool. Please. Take some of our deaf tracks with you. There is a lot of them back there. Keep some handy. If you see a deaf person, you don't have to talk to them. Hand them a track. Do something. Invite them to church. Everyone can have a part. Uh, and so if you can do that, that would be a great help to us. And, of course, in the future, as we get more deaf people, there will be a greater need for interpreters. There will be a greater need for people who can uh, help us out. So if that's something that maybe you're interested in, we do have some classes that you can take. 
Um, that doesn't mean that you'll be ready overnight. It is a new language, and there are uh, certain qualities and standards that we have to meet. But with that being said, if you want to be involved in the deaf ministry, there are many ways. And if nothing else, please pray for us. Keep your eyes open. If you see somebody flapping their hands out in public, please give them one of our tracks. And if they're just a hearing person, just say, well, it's got the gospel on there anyways. Thank you, Brother Jackson. Next is our hospitality ministry. And, of course, the Bible talks about uh, we should be uh, hospitable to people and be friendly. One of the greatest things that you and I can be is friendly. Is Well, it's not my personality. It's not mine either. But it doesn't change the fact that God requires that and speaks to that. And sometimes people will come to church just because somebody's nice to them. Because people at Walmart aren't nice to them. You know, if they go to work, people aren't nice to them. And when they come to church, people should be nice to them. And so the hospitality ministry, and so we're organizing this in a way that people can serve in. There's been a lot of unwritten positions, if you will, of service where you can do this and that. And so I've asked Brother Collingsworth, he's going to oversee this along with some of his other, thing, uh, other duties. I've asked him to come and kind of give uh, just a description of it and let you know about the hospitality ministry. Hospitality ministry is an exciting ministry that we are looking forward to how the Lord is going to use in the coming year. And uh, while it is nothing foreign to our church atmosphere, uh, it will play a vital part when it comes to what we are trying to achieve. We think of a double portion and we think of doubling our attendance. No doubt that will be through the uh, power of the Holy Spirit working through us. But it will also be us giving attention to the little things, because little things make a big difference. I was thinking several years ago, my wife and I, we were on vacation, and we had decided that we were going to stop at two different churches uh, throughout this period of time while we were out of town. And uh, churches that we had heard about, uh, churches that we had never been to, but uh, churches that we were excited to go uh, see their ministry and so forth. And uh, we went to one church, and of course, the ushers were doing their job. They opened the door. They hand us uh, a prayer list and so forth. They pointed us to the auditorium. We found a seat. But the entire time we were there, nobody gave us any attention. Not that we felt we deserved attention, but what I mean is, is they didn't say hi to us. They didn't say, glad to see you visiting. The other church that we went to, we went there, and I mean, it felt like we were royalty. I mean, we were just visitors. We were never going to go back there, but everybody made it a point to come by and say, hello, how are you, what brings you in, and so forth. Both of these churches were sound doctrinally, both sound when it comes to their preaching. No doubt each church cared, but one church made us feel like they cared. And when I think about that, from time to time, Allison will, and I will talk about that. We mentioned one time, if we were to having to choose between which church we would be a part of, we would more than likely have chosen the church that made us feel like we were important. When we think about the hospitality ministry, no doubt we have amazing ushers that will hand out information as we walk through the door and point us in the right direction, but little things make a big difference. When the hospitality, what we mean is we want you to greet new and returning visitors. We want you to get to know new and returning visitors. We, we want them to feel welcome, but we want them to feel a part of our church family. 
We, we don't want you just to point in the direction of a Sunday school class. We, we want you to maybe take them over to a Sunday school class, walk them over to the nursery, let them know that you care about them and that you're happy that they are there. It's a little conversation, a little hello, but it makes a big difference. And uh, if you're interested in making an impact when it comes to our new and returning visitors, I would encourage you to consider the hospitality ministry. And it's important for everybody to be involved in that. You see somebody you don't know to introduce yourself, to be friendly. Uh, but there'll be those who want to be in this. Uh, they'll be, you'll be stationed. They'll be, you'll, we'll have a schedule. We'll station you out in the lobby. It'll be your responsibility to meet somebody new, walk them to where they need to go, bring them to a section. Uh, so once this is up and running, if somebody brings a visitor and sits them next to you and introduces them to you, there's a reason for that. If they sit them next to you and don't introduce them to you, there's probably a reason for that too. Uh, but we, we want people to, uh, it's, we're a big family, aren't we? For somebody who's never been here before, you know, you feel on the outside of that family. And we want everybody to feel, as was described, that they're wanting. And so uh, there are some that I've recruited for this, and there's others that I want to be a part of this. You say, well, Pastor, I can't sing in the choir. I can't do this. Uh, you can welcome somebody, can't you? Uh, you can you can point somebody in the right direction. Uh, there's going to be those in kind of in charge of a section to say, I'm looking for somebody new. I'm going to make sure everybody is getting talked to. And so uh, this is something that uh, we do a good job, but we want to do we want we don't want anybody to fall through the cracks because if we're going to double in a year, that's a lot of visitors. And you know, I don't want to just depend on Charlie Replogle out there. Okay, he does a great job. And the ushers do a great job. But when you have four and five and six and seven families coming in who've never been here before, we need people uh, to meet them and greet them and get them to the right place. And so I'm excited about that. Our junior church kids, uh, King's Kids Ministry, and I'm excited about the ministry that we have with our children, the children's church during Sunday morning. But then King's Kids is a little bit more than just a junior church. Uh, it's an organized ministry for our children. And I've asked Brother Martinez to come and say a few words about it because I want you to, to know about it from two angles. One, I want you to know what's going on with your children and what they are getting, the vision for that. But the Lord may impress upon you, especially as this grows. Now, I took all the men uh, way before uh, Christmas, and I said, now, there's the theme for next year. We're going to double. Your ministry's doubling. Your ministry's doubling. Your ministry's doubling. Your ministry's doubling. Now, if you, got kid, if you, if you have a kid's ministry, that can be a frightening thing. 30 kids is hard enough. 60 kids, I'm um, leaving the ministry and never coming back type thing. So Lord may impress upon you to serve in this ministry as well. And so Brother Martinez, come and speak to us. I thought I was doing the scene on cops ministry. All right. So uh, the vision, uh, I would say junior church is not that much different than, uh, don't get offended, but big church. Uh, that's not a weight thing, I promise. Uh, it's not too different. Obviously, we want to double. We want to have as many kids as possible. Real quick, if you were saved in a junior church, uh, raise your hand. Saved in junior church. Ms. Healy, thank you. Junior church starts 1045 next Sunday. All right, you were saved junior church. All right, good. If you were saved, let's see, above the age of 30, raise your hand. Above the age of 30. Okay, I think you all are great Christians, but can you imagine if you got saved at 9, 10, and 12, how your Christian life, your Christian walk might be now. Uh, when I think of junior church, I think of Timothy. 
the Bible says that from a child that has known the Holy Scripture, and that's the goal of junior church. Uh, we have them from K-4 all the way up to sixth grade, and we want to make sure they know the Bible, more than y'all, and we're already halfway there. Uh, we want to make sure that they know absolutely as much Bible as they know. So why? Uh, they can go from the nursery, in the junior church and kids club, into the teen group, and they have a greater chance of serving God when they are y'all's age, so that one day they could sit. I snuck my up. Uh, I snuck my way up here. Uh, I, I didn't think Pastor was going to give me a job, but so one day a junior church kid can sit on one of these pews or a platform. That is the goal of our junior church. King, King's Kids is uh, more activities. I can't remember the last time we had a kids club activity about maybe 10 years ago. I know when I was in uh, kids club or King's Kids, man, those, I looked forward to them once a month. And I know your kids do as well. And I'm sure you look forward to them uh, getting out of the house. Maybe you going on a date night. Uh, that might be a hint for some of you husbands. Uh, bring your kids to King's Kids on Saturdays. Uh, again, everything is based upon the Bible. Our found, we're building that foundation so that when they are teenagers, when they are adults, man, they are rock solid. So bring them. Uh, if you would like to help, listen, I need help all the time. Uh, just, if you can throw candy at kids' faces, I can use that. If you can scream, like Brother Triplett said, I can use you. If you can just, many of y'all think your kids are angels. Uh, those of you who are honest with yourself know that's not true. So if you just have two pairs of eyes and you can just watch one kid, I can use you. Uh, like I said, we're going to be doubling. Uh, and I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but when you get the kid, it's easier to get the family. Uh, you get a foothold. Man, I want to go to junior church. I, I want to go to King's Kids. Uh, I want to ride the bus. Uh, if you see a theme, it's all connected from the nursery, junior church, kids club, all the way up to the choir to those, those pews right there, and it all starts in junior church. So that's our goal, to double and make sure that from a child, from a, that from a child, those kids know the Holy Scriptures. All right, very good. Next is the uh, media ministry, and uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. We live in a day uh, with, uh, we have the opportunities to, uh, not just uh, with our gospel tracts and things of that nature, it's a blessing. I appreciate the live stream, uh, the opportunities for those to watch live stream, not just when they can't be here because uh, they are sick, but we, we have people who watch our services uh, from all over the world each and every Sunday, and so I'm thankful for that opportunity. Uh, website, used to, I remember growing up, it was about what, where was your, your yellow pages at? Some of you have no idea what the yellow pages are. Um, you know, it's, it's what, where, now uh, people look at your website before they visit your church. Um, and it doesn't just magically appear. And uh, there's the social media and through the different platforms we have so that you can go back and listen to sermons and things of that nature. And it's important uh, that you don't, we don't forsake the personal touch. It's important that we don't forsake the personal invitation. Uh, but you, you need to have, we need to have, I want to have a digital footprint as well so people can see what we're all about. Some of you, matter of fact, are sitting here part of the church the first time you visited is because you saw the website, the things that we still do as a church, the things that we are. And so uh, that is important. It goes with all the different things that uh, tie into that. And so if you have... Uh, Another name for it is the nerd ministry, and so if you have some nerd in you, and that's an area you want to serve in, that might be for you. And our head nerd, Brother Dayton Wilson, you all right up there? Okay, good. Um, 
then the next is our men of valor. And um, this is similar to having that organized ministry for our ladies, for our men. Uh, I believe that it is the man's responsibility to lead spiritually. I believe that's his responsibility. That doesn't mean that ladies don't have a role. But I believe that men should lead. Uh, there's a lot of problems in churches because men don't lead. There's problems in homes because men don't lead. I want to, I want to reach the children. I want to reach the children. But I want to reach those kids' daddies too. And I want, the, I want these young people. I want our teens to choose to do what's right. I want our children to choose to do what's right, our young adults. But I want men. I want to reach men. I want to minister to men. And I want people to know that in this day and age, there's still a church where men can come. And we emphasize men being men. And men are going to lead. Men are going to serve the Lord. And so Brother Montgomery is going to uh, help with this. And so Brother Montgomery, I'll let you come and just kind of give an, an idea of what we'll be doing in this ministry. Amen. I'm excited to have a part in this ministry. And uh, uh, when I uh, first came to the church here, uh, I was uh, 21 years old, 20, fixing to be 21. And uh, some of the men of the church uh, were huge examples to me. Some of you are still sitting uh, in, in the auditorium tonight, and I've had the opportunity to uh, 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 be trained by you and learn from you. Uh, but uh, man, manhood is important. In, in our country, but in our church, uh, it's, in our churches today, uh, the, the position of the man has been torn down in our country, in our churches, it, it's, it's everywhere. Uh, men of Valor Ministry uh, is going to be a place where we can uh, have fellowship, yes, uh, come together as for, with, for times of prayer, and uh, when we pray, we'll have food with that, amen. So uh, I think at the end of the month, there's a prayer breakfast that we're going to have. So that'll be our first, our first meeting. So we get to eat along with that. So that's always a good thing. Uh, but the activities are, uh, serve uh, purposes not only to encourage us as the men of Emmanuel Baptist Church, but also a place where you can invite other men to be a part of them. We'll, we'll have events uh, such as a, uh, a softball and cookout. You say, well, I can't play softball anymore. Well, you can cook or either laugh at everybody else playing softball, you know. And so, but you can invite folks to be a part of those things uh, to where maybe they would have a problem coming in a church door to begin with because they, they feel like they can't be a part of a church. But they could come for an activity like that where they'll be around other Christian men who will be able to be an influence on them, be a testimony to them. Uh, I, I would imagine that if someone shows up that no one's seen before, somebody will probably witness to them, I would imagine, uh, but it'd be a, a, an opportunity to be able to get some folks involved. Every man of Emmanuel Baptist Church can be a part of this ministry, should be a part of this, this ministry, in my opinion. And uh, I know that you may not be able to make every activity that we have and things of that nature. Uh, but also we'll ha have a, uh, opportunities to uh, help other ministries of the church. Uh, uh, the uh, Amanda Ranch, uh, later on in the year, uh, we'll do, uh, I like to play golf. Some of you men like to play golf. We're going to do a men's golf tournament. Uh, but we're going to set it up so that it can benefit the Amanda Ranch and, and help out in that ministry. So we'll be able to help out in different areas. And so uh, just uh, uh, a great ministry to be involved in, uh, to encourage one another, strengthen one another, and then strengthen our walk with the Lord as we fellowship one with another and go, go forward with the same purpose of honoring and glorifying God with our lives. And so that's what it is. The Bible talks about iron sharpeneth iron. Everybody still with me? Iron sharpeneth iron, and fellowship is a good thing. Men being able to fellowship with men. And I'll just say this. I'm going to make it very, very clear, and we're going to talk more about this specifically when I start laying out our visitation program in the weeks ahead, how we're going about uh, reaching people. I, I, 
I want to reach people. If it takes me years to get somebody to visit the church, I'm not going to give up on them because I asked them one time. And if we can have a men's fellowship and we can get a man to first come to that and say, well, they're not as weird as I thought they were. Uh, well, this is, this, is, this is what I've been missing. Uh, there are people who were, and, I'm, and I don't apologize for saying this, they're stuck in a dead church. And they don't know that there's still a church out that is alive, has the Spirit of God. And they may never come to a church service, but they may come to a ladies' fellowship. A lady may come. A, 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 a man may come to the, the men's fellowship. And so uh, these are all ways for you and I to have a part and grow, but also to reach other people. Uh, next is the Nehemiah ministry. And uh, we are going to be in a building program for a long, long time. And there are a lot of things that we can do ourselves. And so you may say, well, I don't know anything about music. I, I can't, I don't, I, my schedule won't allow me to be in this ministry or that ministry, but I have a skill that I could use, uh, that whether I'm a handyman or whether or not I, you'll learn if you haven't been to church long, if you can paint something, fix something, build something, you let that get out, and oh my goodness, uh, we, we are going to use you. But you can use your talents and abilities and skills uh, to, to, to the honor of the Lord. Just and, and I don't know anybody who's this, but just for example, the, what, this is the first one that popped in my mind, a plumber. If something, we need a plumber, we can call one and hire one. But that's something that you could do for the Lord. Uh, to say, so, Pastor, I can take care of that. Um, if it's something that, that we can do around here, and there'll be projects that we can do around. That's the Nehemiah ministry. And also, uh, we have uh, some of our, our senior members, uh, sometimes things break down on their house. Uh, sometimes things uh, need to be repaired. This is a way for us to be a blessing to them. We have widows in our church. I believe it's, it's not the government's job to take care of a widow. God is very clear. It's his people's job. Now, um, there's, well, there's a lot I can say about that, but I won't. But, but we have widows, and I want to do our part in caring for those uh, who don't have somebody to care for them. So uh, you may have that skill. You may have that opportunity. Mrs. Replogo, come on up. Uh, she's in charge of the Nehemiah ministry, and so uh, we'll uh, put her to uh, uh, good work. Our nursery department. How many of you are thankful for the nursery department? I'm holding up both hands. I am thankful for our nursery department. Now, this is interesting. I wasn't going to do this. How many of you have been through our nurseries? Like you were a child in our nursery, and you're still, look at that. That's a, that's, it's a great ministry. How many of you got a child over there now? Thank the Lord for the nursery department. Now, uh, Mrs. Replogo has been doing this for a while, and I asked her, I gave her plenty of time to come up with something to say, and uh, so just to give us a little uh, uh, thoughts about the nursery department, the role it plays, and perhaps some needs that we have. Mrs. Replogo. Very well, I appreciate Pastor allowing me to be a part of the nursery department. Um, I think it's been about 20 years, I think. Caleb's 20, he's over 20, I think it was before that. Um, and I appreciate the nursery department when I had my three boys in there, especially William. If anybody had William, yeah, William, he's, he's great. But I appreciate the ladies that were there that would take the opportunity to discipline him when he needed to be, if he needed, because he is kind of headstrong, Caleb, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, our nursery department's very important. You don't hear them tonight since we got that new building next door, which is very nice. It helps because I was always so nervous in there with the nursery department. They start crying because 
my, my whole um, thought with nursery is that's a ministry for people to come. They drop off their children so that they can hear the word of God. That's the whole point. People are worried about, my child is crying. That's what we're here for. We're here to hold your crying baby. We're here to feed them. We're here to rock them back and forth if they need to. We just need, we just need people to help with rocking babies, rocking crying babies, changing spit up or, you know, if they come with pants and they leave without, sometimes that happens too, you know, because that's what we're here for. We're here for you to enjoy the service so that you're not distracted. And it can be distracting babies crying, thinking like that. But we want, we want families to be able to come and know their children are safe, especially over there. We've got all of our ladies have their background checked. We, want, we have security over in our building as well. We want you as a parent, when you drop your child off, to know they're safe, to know that they're loved, and that you can enjoy the service. Because we may have some new people that they've never been where they've dropped off their children before. I know we have a testimony of a family that came and dropped a, a little boy off in the nursery, and she came back and told me that's been two years since she's been able to be in service because she was able to drop him off in the nursery. And we, he came back, he was crying when she left, and he didn't want to leave when she came back because he loved Thomas, and so do I. So you know what? Thomas the train is great. But that's what, we, that's what we're here for, and we need ladies to help. I know sometimes I don't usually get over here, and when I do, everyone's like, oh, because I know what that she's wanting, but we need help over there. We've got lot, when we've got more little babies, we need more hands to hold little babies because sometimes all they want is just to be held for a while. And we only have so many hands. I know Miss Trish all the time. She's got two in hers all the time, but we need more help if you can help us. Just so we, we want people to know that their children are loved, as Brother Martinez said, from the nursery. So they go from the nursery into the elementary department, to the teen department, to being young adults and to being parents themselves. That's what we're here for. So if you can help us, we love it. We love enjoy. I, I love being over there. I love being with the kids. It's an, it's an amazing thing to see them as they grow, as they go from their crawling stage to walking to licking the gates. <laughs> Get your mouth off the gate. Stop putting toys in your mouth. But that's what we're for, to just moving up to the next to the next stage from going from toddlers to twos and threes. And when they turn four, oh, it's your last night in here. You get to go to big church. So that we're hopefully we're training them so they can sit for in church to hear pastor. Because I know on Sunday morning, our Sunday morning ladies, Miss Wilson, Miss Taylor, they turn on that, nur that nursery. They have that TV in there. So our children are seeing pastor. They're seeing our, 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 our choir sing. And they know, hey, some of them have daddy on the platform. Or where's mommy in choir? They're always looking for you when they see you. And when pastor gets up, pastor, there's pastor. So they're already seeing as infants, they see our church family. So we want, we want to make sure that we encourage those families to bring their kids back. But also we need help so that they can. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. And it's a lot of work over in that nursery. Sometimes the kids are in a good mood. Never here, but sometimes they're in a good mood. And uh, we really need, ladies, I want you to think about it, I want you to pray about it. We need um, a big influx of help in the nursery. And the more ladies that sign up for this, uh, join this ministry, uh, the less times everybody's got to do it. And so it's important to uh, be involved, and it's so, so important. Some of these ministries that seem the least important are actually the most important. 
And, uh, and, and that's what I've used the illustration. No matter what role you played on the team, whether you ever hit a home run or threw a pitch, if you win the championship, you're, you're, you're part of that team. And if somebody drops their child off and they hear the gospel and they trust Christ as their Savior, you have a part in that. Uh, you have an opportunity. You have that child over there. You don't know what God's going to do with that baby. You don't know what God has planned for them. You have an opportunity to pray for them. You have an opportunity to uh, love them. You have an opportunity to minister to their families. And so, uh, ladies, I want you to really pray about that. And I really, we need a real influx. Well, then I'd have to be over there. You, it's like I preached this morning. Sometimes you've got to put some things down so you can pick something else up. And I really want to encourage you uh, to be a part of that. And if we don't get enough ladies, I'm just sending this Liz over here just to march around a few times and uh, uh, give everybody the look. But uh, it's a way that you can serve. And so let me encourage you uh, to serve and uh, say, well, my, my children are grown. Well, that's a good time for you to give back. Um, it's a good opportunity for you to give back. And so it's very, very important. It's an opportunity for you to make a connection with um, that parent, yeah, especially visitors. They get to know that they, they, this is so, just so true. And some of you could testify to this even greater than I can. Sometimes they get to know that nursery worker before they get to know the pastor. And the pastor hasn't earned their trust yet, but that nursery worker has. And so it's a very, very important place. And so, uh, ladies, let me encourage you for that. Um, nursing home ministry. Brother Fox, come tell us about nursing home ministry. All right. Not every ministry is for everybody. Some of these ministries are, you have to have a specific skill set or whatnot, but, but not everybody can serve in every ministry. We were at lunch today, at, at lunch. We were at home today eating lunch. And as we were preparing the meal, uh, Dylan, we were kind of going through this little booklet, and Dylan was like, I want to join the Christian Ladies Fellowship. <laughs> I said, so you can find you a Christian lady? I uh, don't think it works that way. But uh, so not, not every ministry is for everybody. The nursing home ministry is one really that anybody can serve in. What a, what a wonderful, wonderful place to serve. Um, Brother Hiles used to say, I'll never use my work to build my people, uh, but I'll, I'll never use my people to build my work, but I'll use my work to build my people. The nursing home ministry is a way to go to, yes, we go to be a blessing, but more often than not, it is the workers who get blessed. Um, we, uh, we go to several nursing homes in the area. I think there's more that we could go to if we had more people willing to go. Uh, what a great time. And, and, and those, those people, if there is a forgotten mission field, I believe it's, it's the nursing home. Uh, many times those people are, 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 are dropped off and they're forgotten about. Uh, they, they've reached the age in life to where they become a burden to their families. And so they can just get rid of them. And it's sad to say that, uh, but it's true. And for us to be able to go in and to minister, uh, to love, to pray, to preach with them, to preach at them, uh, and, and we and it, it's it's like a church within a church. Uh, and the the nursing home pastors, that they're just that. They're as far as they know, they are the pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Now we know better, uh, but those who are are in the nursing home, their pastor is who's up there preaching to them every single week. Uh, and, and so we have people go in and they preach to them. We have those who go in and what a great place to train for the ministry. Uh, young men, old, middle-aged men, old men, young men, you've been called to preach. I just, I just want to preach and, and I just never get opportunity to preach. Well, there's an opportunity every single week. Uh, you're just not taking advantage of it. It's there. You say, oh, Brother Fox, I can't sing. You can lead the music. Most of our music leaders in the nursing home can't sing. Uh, but you know what? The people don't care. Uh, you're there to love them. 
uh, every year at Brookdale, we, Brother Carlos is, a, is, is over there at Baptist Street Home, and every year they, they call us, and they ask us to come in and do a little, I don't know, we, we, we did a Father's Day concert, we did a, we did a Christmas concert, if you want to call it a concert. I get to sing in the nursing home. Now, if, if I can do it, uh, anybody can do it. Uh, but, but boy, to love those people, and, and you become, uh, again, when, when there's a death in the nursing home, what a sad time it is, they call the nursing home pastor to do, to do the funeral. I had a resident call within the last two weeks. I don't know how many messages he left on the voicemail uh, here at the church, and I finally called him back, and well, he was just bragging on Brother Narag. Uh, as far as he was concerned, he goes, now, I don't know the pastor name of that church, but Brother Narag, and he's bragging on Brother Narag for a while. Uh, it's just, you go, you love the people. If God's given you a talent with an instrument, you can go play a special. Uh, we, we, have spe- we run the nursing home service just like we run a church service here. Um, and you can sing. We, we put together singing groups. We put together instrumentals. Uh, you play piano. Boy, we need pianists. He said, I'm learning how to play piano. I'll tell you a great place to train. Uh, is in the nursing home. Um, and so what an opportunity. Uh, but I promise you, when you go and you learn to love the people, you go to be a blessing, uh, but then what ends up happening is you're the one who gets blessed. And so what a great opportunity. Anybody can serve. Uh, from the children, boy, the, they love children. Uh, they do. You see, it's, it's a great place to bring your family. Uh, we, we, were, we were there this last Christmas doing that little Christmas thing, and and they're, now, now, who is this little girl? You know, we have, to have the kids there, and, and, and they just love everybody. Uh, what a great opportunity uh, to love and to be loved. And uh, it's, it, is, it is a mission field. And when you hear of somebody who gets saved in the nursing home, many times they've got one foot in the grave and the other foot on a banana peel. And for them to be snatched out of hell because somebody loved them. What a great opportunity. If, you, if you're interested, let me know. We'll plug you in. Very good. We also have needs. Uh, that meets every Sunday afternoon. There's nursing homes you could be in. Uh, office volunteers, we could use that. Uh, I'm going I'm to move very quickly. Mrs. Healy coming up for the orchestra. I love hearing our orchestra play. And we have bigger plans for the orchestra. And uh, so uh, I'll let her say what she's going to say, and then I'll come behind and clean it up. The orchestra is a crazy, unique group of people. Um, we got the old man jokes on the back row, all the way up to all kinds of crazy stuff. We always have fun and have a blast. No pun intended to the low brass. Um, but there is some talent to be required. You have to play an instrument. Um, so like a brass woodwind or string instrument. And some have asked, well, what about this in- instrument? So Brother Nyhart, no, you can't play the spoons. Sorry. Uh, Joy, no accordions, sorry. Um, Brother Daryl Burns, no, you can't play the harmonica. But if you have some experience on an instrument, we'd love to have you. The orchestra is a dedicated group of people. None of us are professionals, so don't be intimidated. We're all just all together. Um, God has blessed the orchestra because of their faithfulness, not because of our talent. And so we play on Sundays with the hymns, the choir specials, and offertories. And God's purpose for music is to praise and worship God, and that's what we're trying to do through the talent God has given us. So if God has given you a remote talent to read the black dots on the staff, or um, he hasn't given that talent to everyone. And so if God has given you that talent, we'd love to have you in the orchestra. And if it's been a while, um, 
like when we first started the orchestra, I'm going to tell him Brother Benny. Um, so he came. He's like, yeah, I used to play trombone in high school. And I was like, okay. So he came, and I'm like, I knew it was going to be rough. So he puts his trombone up, and he's literally holding it backwards. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is going to be a long time. But he practiced, and he worked hard, and he transitioned to tuba. And now when Brother Benny's not there, the whole orchestra is like, where's Brother Benny? Because he makes such a difference in our orchestra. So if you are out of practice and you're like, it's been a while, come to practice with us. If you're not ready to play in church yet, that's fine. But get that experience of just practicing with everybody and until you're ready to play in church. Um, we practice at, five, or at 445 on Sundays and come help us torture pastor in his office before church. What she means by that, they practice on the other side of the wall of my office. And so uh, I can tell who's off each and every Sunday. I know the majority of people will not, this is not a ministry for you because you just don't have that ability, but I had her say something on purpose and I wanted to highlight it because I enjoy the orchestra. I think, I think uh, it's, 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 it's just a very unique thing to us. They're a blessing. They enhance. There's more that we want to do as the orchestra, but there's somebody sitting out here in this crowd tonight. You can play an instrument or it's been a while and nobody knows about it or maybe people do know about it. You need to dust that off. You need, to, you, need to, you need to dedicate yourself to it, and that's a way for you to serve the Lord. And so uh, get involved in our orchestra if you can. Brother Billy, come on up, and then we'll rush through these, the rest of these. And our pastor's prayer partners, prayer is vital. And uh, pray, everybody can pray. You say, Pastor, you've been saying, how can every member be a part of a ministry? Everybody here can pray. Everybody here can pray. There's a prayer list in Sunday school. There's a prayer list that will go out tomorrow. Uh, it'll be email, it'll be on our church app, it'll be uh, on our website, it'll be here Wednesday night. You can pray. That is ministry. And so not tomorrow night, but a week from tomorrow night, we'll be starting back up the men's prayer meeting. And uh, so Brother Billy's going to be helping us with that. And so men, if you can be part of that men's prayer meeting, I would encourage you to do so. So I'll let Brother Billy talk about that for just a moment. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Brother Hudson for all those years, uh, for all those years of being faithful. Well over a decade, I know I was involved in that, and I know Brother Bud's over here, uh, Brother Rob back here in the back, Brother Zarn, and uh, Brother Michaels sometimes is here, and, and uh, I don't know if I'm missing anyone else. I know some of the old hats, but uh, it was always a joy to, to come every Monday night. We've we seen miracles, miracles. Billy Sunday said this. He said, if you're a stranger to prayer, if you're a stranger to prayer, you're a stranger to the greatest source of power known to human beings. That's what he said. I think that's that really says it all. Um, I think of all the miracles, miracles that we've seen from from pe folks getting saved, from lives, from prodigals coming back to you. Know, I, I mean, I look at myself. I'm a miracle of my mom's prayers. She's up in heaven today. But I would not be standing at this point where I'm at right now if it wasn't for my mom's prayer. What this world needs more than anything is for mothers to get on the knees again. And also fathers, and also brothers and sisters and so forth. We ignore that. We ignore the, the power of prayer. You know, I think of one miracle we can see today. I look over here and see Brother Lazarus over here. Uh, Brother Jim, I call him Brother Lazarus. Some of you may know about that. He has stage 5 cancer on his deathbed. They've written him off. He's done. He's over. Call the family in. We're going to have a funeral real soon. But you know what? Our church prayed. Our church prayed. We got a hold, hold of God. And this man here is standing over here today with his family. 
That's a miracle, folks. We think sometimes that they're all, the miracles are done. It's over. You know, I prayed one time. I've seen, I've heard people say, I prayed one time. It's, it doesn't work. God doesn't know us anything. But the God of heaven, how his source of communication to us as, as his children is through prayer. That's how he, he said it. You know, Jesus says, and Brother Hudson taught us that before many, many times in some of those, those meetings. Jesus said this. He says, uh, uh, if, when you pray, he says, therefore, I'm saying to you, when you pray, he said, if you pray, basically, what he wants you to do is to believe and you shall receive them, you shall have them. But the first of all, it starts with when you pray, believe them. That's our problem right there. And uh, we need prayer today. We need prayer in this nation. We need, need prayer in homes. You know, David, I think of when David said in, in his Psalms, he said, he, he's, he's talking about God and his prayer life and, and how God was good to him. And he said this in, in Psalm chapter 5. He says, thou shalt hear my voice in the morning. In the morning. In the morning when I wake up, you're going to hear my voice. In the morning I'll look up. And, and God's good. He said, you're, you're, he's telling God, you're going to hear my voice. You know, we just don't pray. That's the problem. There, Jesus said this, therefore, when you pray, that's the problem. So part of the Monday night's prayer is to see miracles go on, to see things happen to see lives change, to see people get saved. And that's why we come together as a group. As a, I see Brother Hamilton back there. We're all getting kind of old. Brother Hamilton is also part of that group. I mean, Brother Dendy is now in heaven. He was with us for years. Uh, Brother Wiles was there for years. They're all in heaven. Brother Bud's almost 80. Uh, Brother Hamilton's been 90 for I don't know how many years. It's been a long time. <laughs> I am 60 years old today. Thank you very much. But we're all getting old. We need a younger crowd. We need some of the 20s to join us. You know, we're talking about an hour. Can we really think, you know, all these things we're talking about? It's one, it's one key word, it's others. That's what our church is all about. It's always been when, when preacher was here for many years, he said others and others. And he also said this, people always do what they want to do. We can make all the excuses about service and not service. We can say this person, we're, we're a close church. And, 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 you know, we, we're close enough. We, we hear each other's burps sometime, okay? <laughs> we do. We're that close. And we know some things what, what we do and don't do. And, and good and some things may be bad. It's not really anything spiritual. We're just, we're just human beings. We're people. We all need each other. We need each other. We need this, our strength. That's why the Monday um, uh, men's prayer, prayer partner is so important. So I ask you to join us. Join us. The younger ones to join us. And let's get a hold of God. We need to get a hold of God in this nation, this church. You know, think of the miracles. I can, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I can go on for a while. But think of what we can do if we come together and we live a life where we meet God's criteria for answer prayer. And God, God does miracles again. Does a miracle in this church again. And, and I think we can do it in this ministry. So, so please join us. We're, we're looking forward to it. And we want to carry on the legacy that Brother Hudson had for so many years. And thank you for this opportunity. So that was every Monday night, men, starting a week from tomorrow night. And then uh, the rest of the things are kind of self-explanatory, and I'll not take time to go through them. I'm going to read one verse of Scripture from 1 Peter 4. I know what time it is. I'm not going to preach this message. I'm going to read one verse of Scripture. I'm going to make four statements, and I'll be done. The message this morning and today is how can we serve the Lord how can we get more involved in what God has for us? If we're going to do what it is that God has for us to do, it's going to take all of us. 
I, it is, I thank God for the opportunity he gives me to preach the word of God. I thank God for what he does for us each and every service. But let me tell you what it does for this pastor. When you get Saturday night as he prepares for Sunday, Sunday morning when I get up early, and I do go through all of my routine, and I, I get ready to come to the service, I never have to worry about, is the nursery covered? That takes a, you have a better pastor, because I don't ever have to worry about the nursery covered. I never have to worry about, is the building clean? You have a better pastor, because he never has to worry about whether the building's clean. I never have to worry about, well, I do worry about the ushers some, but that's because of the ushers. No, I don't worry about, is everything going to be in this place? So we get helped because people are serving in places that make the service go. And we all benefit from that, and others benefit from that. First Peter chapter 4, verse 11, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. That's talking about the pastor. If any man minister, this is talking about everybody else. The pastor can still minister, but if any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Here's some instructions that Peter has given on, on ministry, some opportunities that we have. Uh, number one, any man is a candidate to do ministry. No matter who you are, you're a candidate to do ministry. Now, there are scriptural qualifications to pastor. There's scriptural qualifications to the deacon, but ministry, any man can be ministry. No matter what your background is, what you've been through, what talents you have, there is an opportunity. Any man is a candidate to do ministry. Number two, minister according to your God-given abilities. I will be first to admit to you, I would be the last person that should play, that should serve in the orchestra. Music makes no, I enjoy music, but music makes no sense to me. It's not logical. Um, you know, I call them band geeks for a reason. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's not me. But God's given some of you talent and ability. You got to use it. God's given you abilities in different ways. God minister according to your God-given abilities. Be you. What a thought that God put all of us together to serve. So the Bible is very clear on the teaching. He gives some certain abilities so that the body of Christ, so everything can be done. So use your God-given minister according to your God-given abilities. Number three. Minister so God may be glorified. I wish I could give honor and glory to God. Minister to others and you can. The verse is very clear there. That, that the ability, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified. It glorifies God, ladies, when the nursery is kept. It glorifies God when the choir is in their place. It glorifies God when the building's clean. It glorifies God when we are hospitable to one another. It glorifies God when we give the gospel. It is to his honor and glory. Minister so God may be glorified. And number four, ministry is accomplished through Jesus Christ. That God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ. It is through Christ that we have salvation. It is through Christ which we are able to minister. There are many of you, if I gave you the opportunity to give testimony tonight, you'd give testimony to the fact when you were first approached about serving in ministry, you said there's no way I could do it. But it's through Christ you were able to do it. It's through him you've been able to do it. And so tonight, this is a good opportunity for somebody to grow in their Christian life. To trust the Lord to enable you. If he's impressed upon you to serve, and let me just be very blunt and frank, 
he's impressed upon all of us to serve in some capacity. In an area that he wants you to serve, let me encourage you, you can do it. And we need everyone to do it. So that's the message. That's, that's it. Five minutes. No complaining about me being long-winded. I took five minutes. It's everybody else tonight. So if you look at your clock, it's not, it's not me. I kept to the script. Any man is a candidate to do ministry. Minister according to your God-given abilities. Minister so God may be glorified. Ministry is accomplished through Jesus Christ. Take that survey. You don't have to turn it in tonight, but if you're ready to turn it in, make sure you fill it out. Put your name, address, phone number, email. Fill it out. Check all the boxes that apply. If you're not ready to do that tonight, you can turn it in anytime. Anytime you can turn it in. What's going to happen is these ministry leaders, if you check something that applies in that ministry, they're going to reach out to you. And they're going to let you know when there's a meeting or how you can get involved or uh, this, this is how you get uh, be, be, begin working in an area. Some of these ministries and some of these areas are when you have a need here, then call me. You know, we don't have food. There's food preparations on there. Sometimes people go in the hospital. That's a good ministry that people can be in. Uh, the conference every year, we feed all those, those pastors. That's not an every week thing, but that's something you want to help in. Uh, there's a way for you to sit and you will be contacted. And so uh, you will not be thrown in without giving instruction, without getting the training that you may or may not need. And so uh, you, this is say, I'm interested in this. This is something the Lord's impressed upon my heart. There's a way that I can serve the Lord. And so uh, if you have that filled out, you got it filled out? This is how we're going to dismiss. If it's filled out and you're ready to turn it in, go ahead and pass it to the aisle. And we'll go ahead and collect them this way. If you're not ready, you can pass them, you can turn them in on your way out. Or you can turn them in later. Or you can email whatever you want to do. But I want to go ahead and get it from those who are ready to give it. Go ahead, Brother Marcus.